chicken at the West Highland Police Station, 1984. You were there. Same model. These were taken today. You have to let me see my son. He's in great danger. New mission. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. You don't know what it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down! ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. You're really real. His loyalty is to a child. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now. And his enemy... He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. ...is the deadliest machine ever built. Can it be destroyed? Unknown. This time, there are two. Terminator 2. You just can't go around killing people. Why? If you thought you had seen it all... Stay down! Go! Now! We gotta stick together! Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time, he's back. For good. Trust me. Okay, so Terminator 2 picks up 10 years after the events of the Terminator. Sarah Connor gave birth to John and took it upon herself the task of raising him to be a military leader. Years passes, and Sarah was eventually arrested for attempting to destroy the research headquarters of Cyberdyne Systems, the company that would, of course, invent the technology that would allow the machine to conquer the world and enslave humanity. John was placed in a foster home and Sarah was placed into a mental institution. Now, the key difference between part one and two is that there is two robots sent back to the past and one is sent to kill John Connor and one is sent to save the boy. Now, a lot of people still argue Evil Dead 1 versus Evil Dead 2, which is better. And most people say that Evil Dead 2, for the most part, is a remake. Now, when it comes to the Terminator franchise... Some people, myself included, say that Terminator 1 is a better film because the key moments in Terminator 2, the great moments in Terminator 2, really just echoes Terminator 1. So where do you stand in the debate, T1 versus T2? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, first off, I'm going to state that Evil Dead 2 is not a remake of Evil Dead 1. No! <laughs> We're going to talk about this We're next week. We're talking about it next week, but it needs to be said. That's a cardinal <laughs> sin of horror movie fandom. Anyway, uh, it, they're, they're two completely different films. I mean, uh, if if someone's problem is that T2 apes T1, I, I think that's that's totally invalid. It's, it's, it's They are literally night and day, or rather, or they're literally, yeah, they're, they're night and day. Their first movie is a dark a small, lean, uh, bleak movie, whereas this is a bright, sunny Calif- Southern California movie. It's all daylight and <clears throat> Guns N' Roses riffs and motorcycles and concussive head trauma from smashing beer cans against your head and hooting and hollering. It's just a big, swollen, spectacular action movie. If you're mm-hmm. 12 years old or if you're 9 years old like I was when I saw this, you will love it. 
Uh, if you're nine years old, if you see Terminator 1, you're probably going to urinate on yourself. But this this movie is definitely for nine-year-olds, ten-year-olds. You're going to love it. Uh, I've been I've been told I'm not allowed to tell you uh, what I think if if you love it at a, at a mature age. Uh, <laughs> uh, but suffice it to say, if you spend more money on aftermarket extras for your Mustang than your education, uh, you will also love this movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, night and day compared to Terminator 1. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It's two different films. I'm just saying that there's there's key moments in a film like the moments that people remember the most the most memorable scenes it echoes part one is what i'm trying to say i don't know like i think that the key difference between this movie and the first movie is that the first movie really is a is a chase for like an hour and a half and in part two there's a lot of moments where the characters actually stop and interact and it's in the quieter moments that the film like emerges it becomes a better film the characters are given more of a chance to interact and they can argue and the subtext is 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 richer and like what am i trying to say here it's 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 a family piece i mean Mm -hmm. in the first film it's essentially it revolves around a love story and in the second film you have sarah and john and arnold comes into the picture and he ends up being like the I guess the dad he's like the missing piece and it's like a family picture it's still like a road picture don't get me wrong but there's a lot more humor in the script you know it's also funny that the kid teaches the dad how to cope and how to behave and how to feel and overall I I think that T2 has a humane message which is a which stands out a little bit more than T1 Mm -hmm. although you know that we're talking about action films of a different era when you know you have this Sort of, uh, it's or it's organized around a family dynamic, but it's still an unabashedly R-rated movie. Yeah, it is, uh, which is a dynamic that you really wouldn't see too much nowadays uh, in the Michael Bay McGee era, mm-hmm. uh, when even the new Terminator film is uh, is PG thirteen and pretty much bloodless. Um, I, I I slightly prefer T one, but I think T two is a really uh, solid film. Uh, obviously, the I think what the main point of contention for most people who prefer the first film is Edward Furlong. Uh, who is you know not very old in this film, maybe like twelve. First time, first appearance on screen, yeah. Mm-hmm. First appearance on screen, and will strike some as being really annoying. I actually think he's okay in the role. I, uh, I do too. I think he's fine. Like honestly, I I think that it, it's it's a film which, which has a theme of anti technology, and the ending of the film itself backs that up. When Arnold goes into the, the lava pit, she says. Uh, if a, if a Terminator can learn the value of human life, then maybe we can. So I think Cameron's achievement isn't just technical. I mean, I mean, we're going to talk about the effects, I'm sure. And Al's about to, you know, go nuts on me. But uh, I think he uh, he uses the action genre to make a movie with an anti-violent message and uh, without it seeming too silly. I'm I'm just folks. You heard it here first. The <laughs> the, the the franchise about a war between man and machine is in fact anti-technology. <laughs> <laughs> Write that one down, guys. Uh, I uh, I like the movie more than the other ones. I think probably I have oh, a great. lot of problems with it. Uh, Edward Furlong being one of them, but that's a personal problem because it's just he, I think he does a great job of being a ten-year-old kid. That's what a ten-year-old mm-hmm. kid is like. They're like little, they're annoying little runs mm-hmm. who like to talk like the Ninja Turtles, and that's what Edward Furlong does. So I mean, he's successful in acting like a ten and twelve-year-old, which is exactly what the role called for. Uh, you know, just because you find it annoying, I find it annoying, doesn't necessarily mean that he did a bad uh, job in it. However, the fact that it's such a kid's movie, despite being restricted, uh, getting an R rating rather, I find very, very odd. Like the the ending that you're talking about, you know, like 
Like seriously, the Terminator. We grow to love this Terminator dad figure, whatever, and he goes down to his fiery grave by giving the thumbs up sign to the kid. Like <laughs> you might as well. Have but just, but that's that's Cameron always throws humor into his films. That's that's not funny. That's just that's he should have been you know he thrown like an Aloha Hang Ten thing and surfed out on a molten metal wave or something. It's a it's it's a cartoon. Yeah. I, well, I mean, it's it's a science fiction Terminator film. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't expect a bleak movie about like the death of a one half of the human race that leads into an like, apocalyptic war to end with a thumbs up. But, but I mean, in this, in this role, in this film, the role of Schwarzenegger changes. He, he, they add, he adds a comedic touch to the role. It's completely different than his character from the first film. And no one knows, this, no one knows how to use Schwarzenegger better than James Cameron. And, I mean, you know, you guys go off about um, Eddie Furlong. Linda Hamilton in this movie was less likable than the first film. I mean, she was a real downer, and it kind of maybe explains Christian Bale's role in Terminator 4. Like, I was just one-dimensional at times, over-dramatic. She's just screaming and yelling. Oh, it was I like, she oh, was great. Yeah. She, she, she's, she's great. She's good, but I don't think she's as good as she is in part one. Like, I was well, a little that, disappointed think, in her character the first time I saw it. I think that that's a necessity of the script, though. I mean, she, she, she does exactly what it's called for. I mean, she spends the first 45 minutes. Right. Movie. doesn't mean I have to like her more than the first movie, though. <laughs> no, but you can still acknowledge that she's doing what she's supposed to. Yeah, I get. I'm just trying to explain why I like the first film better. No, I don't know. I I found it was I agree with Al a lot on his comments. You know, it was a silly movie. It was a family movie to a certain extent. And Eddie Furlong, he does his job in playing a little brat. Yeah, I think so, too. Then you you there comes a point where you you start to love him, you know, because he's he's missing his little father figure and he's making this machine into a father figure, you know, and he's teaching him how to do things. And Linda Hamilton, I thought she was great in this movie. Yeah, I'm not saying she wasn't great. I'm just saying I like her better in the first one. But I like her. Oh, I just mean like her execution because literally she acts out what she's gone through, and I think she does okay, an amazing it's job. It's not her; especially, it's her character. Okay, but I'm especially when she sees Arnold Schwarzenegger for the first time, and her yeah, character, and- <laughs> but her character is so much more interesting in this movie because in the first movie, I I, I know the Simon you 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 see a lot of interesting feminism in her, in in the Terminator <laughs> films. Please check out his review on the on the website. Yeah, that I got blasted for. Review on the website. Everyone thinks I wrote. Uh, but I'm I'm not interested in Linda Hamilton in the first film. In the first film she's just like this womb that the future has to protect and inseminate. She doesn't really do anything. She's the weakest part of the first one. But in this film she's 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 hard battle-hardened almost. She's uh, also mm-hmm. clearly insane. Uh, and and there's so much more going on. It's so much more interesting, especially her interplay with with uh, her son where she's treating him for the most part as uh, simply an asset to protect mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, an actual relation. She, she, she does love him. We learn that. We, we feel that as the film goes on. But, but in, in the initial stages, you're like, well, she's just all she cares about is protecting him. She doesn't actually even seem to like him all that much. She's just trying to drill all these life lessons and like field stripping an AK-47 into him. Mm-hmm. There's, and then as we l- begin to see her relationship develop or rather become exposed it's so much more interesting than in the first film where she's a waitress. It is, and there who comes gets a, knocked up. But there comes a point in by it, a future baby. <laughs> there comes a point in it when Linda, Ham- Linda Hamilton and her son Eddie Furlong, she forgets that he's a kid, you know, and that that well, relationship she, between them, like she doesn't treat him like a child. She treats it, him like a warrior. Well, that's it. But it really shows, and I I think that he did a really good job as a first time actor. On the I do too. I do too. But and I also think Linda Hamilton did an amazing job. Yeah, and movie. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I like her better in the first film because in the that's first fine. film I find there was more of a threat. Like like the film revolved around killing her. In this film, it revolves around killing John Connor. So what we get is we get a downer Linda Hamilton character who does nothing but 
bitch and like complain what? and groan. No. And I get that it's part of her character. And I love Terminator 2. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's on my top 100. But me personally, I still think Terminator 1 is but a better film. But she's fighting the entire time. She's not bitching yeah, the whole time. I she's know. doing it. But she's fighting along with a robot helping her. Like all this ammunition. She's got <laughs> machine guns, cannons. And the first one, she has nothing. She has her little waitress uniform. She's and learned. there's this killer robot chasing her. There's more of a she, threat. There's more stakes. Okay, so Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick is uh, <laughs> a lot of people hate Robert Patrick in this movie. I really like him. I, I, I take him. You. I thought he. I know. I I I said he's great, but a lot of people hate him. <laughs> Just like Al hates Eddie Furlong. I think the casting is pitch perfect throughout the whole entire film. Even the guy that plays, uh, what's his name? Do I have it written here? Is it Joe Morton? Yeah, that plays Dyson. Even he's good. I mean, small mm-hmm. role, and he's he's well cast. Yeah, for sure. No, Robert Patrick. I think is is maybe. Uh, well, y- you can compare Robert Patrick versus uh, versus Arnold in the first film, but he's certainly one of the creepiest entities in the entire uh-huh. series, uh, for sure. I mean, there are some there are some things about that role that make me cringe a bit, like the scene where even though he's made of mol- molten metal, he somehow like blends in with the ceramic floor, and it really makes no sense at all. Especially, what, didn't they 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 said it has to be like the same size too? Yeah, and it was then, like the floor is massive. Okay, so. okay. I, I need to Maybe ask Al why the hell he doesn't think that. Cameron's a good action director. I mean, he he basically makes the movie the opposite of the Terminator character. It's actually a machine with heart. Like he he does such a good job in creating action movies, and he he set a new standard for action movies, and not just with the effects, because you can you know pat Stan Winston on the back for the effects. But I mean, like his gigantic set pieces, he has such a great eye, like for action. Like he doesn't have to cut away every two seconds and make it look like a music video. What are you talking about? Who do you prefer over James Cameron? I not. I didn't say that. (laughs) I, I think he's very good at directing action scenes. However, a film is not simply a collection of explosions and set pieces. A film is a story that's told with heart and, and so it's told you think T2 is just a series of explosions? and, se- and like Because I totally disagree if that's what you're saying. No, I think it's a pretty good movie. So I that, think Cameron, I think James Cameron can do some pretty good set pieces, and but he, he tends to have stupid scripts. Oh, I, I agree with that for sure. And both Terminator 1 and 2 prove that, I think. But James Cameron, what he does well is he can direct the standard, typical American Hollywood action movie. That's what we're talking about. We're not talking about something. I think he does a little more than that. Though. I think so, too. I, I, I think he's, uh, if you compare him to other uh, action sort of auteurs. Any, think, anyone uh, in Hollywood. Re- yeah, he, he's a more adept writer of dialogue, even if he sometimes does have slight cheeseball tendencies, especially in T2. Uh, and in True Lies, but we'll get to that later. Um, I, I mean, I, I think he's a much more solid all-around movie maker than, uh-huh. than most action directors. In fact, probably all of them. All of them. Uh, period. I don't. I can't think of one guy who could do it better than James Cameron. Like maybe you, you. It's not for you to humor in the film or some of the cheesy dialogue, but it works for most people and it's it's still like it's not corny like watching charles angel charlie's what is it called charlie's Charlie's angels part two whatever it's called like that Mm -hmm. movie's horrible Mm -hmm. uh can we talk about the effects stan winston this guy's a genius i mean this movie basically cost a hundred million at the time to make and you can actually see where the money went Mm -hmm. like it's money well spent the makeup uh the makeup and the special effects are state-of-the-art and like i really think that this movie set a new standard i think every time james cameron makes a new movie even if he's like diving into the oceans he's setting a new standard like he's he's like robert zemeckis he's all about technology he's always trying to make movie making better for the future right except he doesn't end up with uh, horrible films like zemeckis does um but uh yeah in terms of the effects i mean uh 
one thing that I was I was really uh, shocked by because I again I'd never seen this before um, is the dream sequences uh, mm. that depict the apocalypse. One of which is just really frightening. The uh, the first one you're talking about when she's at the um, the, the park. Yeah, they they the, show the, yeah. that a few times, but there's only I think you only see the the whole sequence once uh, when the bomb actually goes off and you see what happens to her body mm-hmm. and she's clinging to the to the fence mm-hmm. and her her skin rips off and it's just. It's just terrifying. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. What, but even and, you can hear her scream, and you can hear her screaming, <laughs> and it's just it's just blood curling. And I I think it was a gutsy thing to throw yeah, into and, a, and also into what a they choose picture. they they choose to like show children being killed. You yeah, know? yeah, it was great. Straight, not just children, but just extras. The there's, there's all kinds of people within the franchise just dying like in the background, and like that's what I'm saying. I think the the movie, the franchise, or for the most part, has enough story, action, and thrills. Like there's a good balance and eye popping special effects and a great cast. In terms of action franchises, I think it's the best. I don't know what else we can compare it to. I wrote a list of my favorite moments in the Terminator franchise. Uh, Ali and Simon and Al, just out of the first two movies so far, what's your favorite scene? Because uh, for me, I put my number one favorite scene was the uh, opening chase sequence with Schwarzenegger and the Harley. Oh. And yeah, what's his face driving the semi truck? If anyone wants to read it, soundonsite.org, uh, greatest Terminator moments. I put up my list. Oh, I know what I like. I like when they're in like the mental institution and they're going down the elevator and you first see what what is he? T one thousand. Yeah, the T one thousand. And his his hands just turn into like not claws, but some sort of tool that I can't remember, and it's prying the doors open. Mm-hmm. The no, sword. No one likes the Guns and Roses uh, hallway walk when he drops the. Uh, uh, the roses and the shotgun is unveiled. Right. Uh, yeah, that's good, too. I have to say that the best moment of humor in, I, th- in I think, the entire series is when uh, Ed-, Ed Furlong tries to teach the Terminator how to smile, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I thought was genuinely really funny. Yeah. Or when he teaches him how to talk. Keep it under 65. We don't want to be pulled over. Affirmative. No, 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 no. You got to listen to the way people talk. You don't say affirmative or some shit like that. You say, no problemo. And if someone comes off to you with an attitude, you say, eat me. And if you want to shine them on, it's hasta la vista, baby. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, or later, dickwad. And if someone gets upset, you say, chill out. Or you could do combinations. Chill out, dickwad. That's great. See, you're getting it. No problemo. Now, just to be clear, if I had to put Terminator 1 and 2 on, let's say, my top 100 films of all time or whatever list, they would be right next to each other, but Terminator 1 would just have a slight edge. Mm. Simon? Well, I don't think either of them would end up in the top 100, but... Uh, well, whatever, like action films. But yeah, so. I definitely think that T1 is, is, is a more solid film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we should mention this is something you guys mentioned for the first film, and I agree to a certain extent, but I think it's more more prevalent in the second Score. film. Score? Uh, no, the the horror movie aspects. I mean, the the first one, uh, I think on one one level works very well as a horror movie. Very dark, very brooding, uh, kind of the perpetual uh, fear and terror caused by it being essentially one long, uh, horrible monster chasing you in a dark room mm-hmm. film. But in in Terminator Two, although it's bright, although it's sunny, although it's a you know it's a meatloaf music video or whatever, a Miller High Life commercial with Bat to the Bone playing in a biker bar. Uh, you do have this villain, this Robert Patrick, who I think is modeled a lot on on uh, the thing in uh, in John Carpenter's The Thing. Just kind of the shape shifting could be anyone uh, in its sort of oh in, in its natural state. It's just sort of this faceless, confused, quiet, 
menacing, uh, silent creature that I, th- I think is, is actually really frightening, more frightening so than, the, than the first film. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you agree or disagree with our reviews, do send us some feedback. Thank you to everyone who sent feedback, and especially everyone that posts comments on our webpage. We love it when you guys post comments. And if you want, give us a call, 514-801-9616. We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll have a review on True Lies. <laughs> Take the man's wheels, son. Now get off before I put you down. That's it, goddammit. 